0: Welcome to the Florida State Podcast of Entrepreneurship and Innovation, where we showcase student entrepreneurs to learn about the startups they are working on, check in with alumni
1: to hear about the companies they are building, and learn from seasoned entrepreneurs who have built amazing companies. Hosted by
0: Mark McNeese, a serial entrepreneur who has started for-profits, non-profits, social impact companies, and is currently entrepreneur in residence at the Jim Rand School of Entrepreneurship.
1: I'm really excited today to have Dominic Artist here uh, from the Act House, but uh, he he is a Tallahassee entrepreneurial uh, juggernaut, and he's given so much to this community. and It's a super big honor just to have him sitting here today to share his story. So this is part of our Seven Under 30 series that yeah. we do every single year. And Dom was recognized as one of the seven uh, who are started uh, their business under uh, 30 years old. So we're going to talk a little bit about that today. Awesome. And we're just going to kind of free flow and just um, so welcome. Thanks Thank you for being here. It's good and to be here. Tell us a little bit about your journey. Tell us a little bit about uh, Act House.
0: Yeah, 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 I started Act House. It's a little bit shorter. Um, depending okay. on who we're talking to, we kind of describe Act House as the uh, you know, the startup incubator that lives, lives in a house. Sometimes we say it's MTV's real-world Silicon Valley TV show, or w- real-world, sorry. And then you have HBO, they have Silicon Valley. You put yeah. us two together, subtract the drugs and the alcohol, and you pretty much have us.
1: How about the comedy?
0: You get the comedy. All right. You get the comedy. Yeah, I mean, any, anytime somebody's trying to start a company, if you don't have a lot of levity, you're going to end up with a lot of stress, you know. So, you know, it's, it's real cool to, to see what's happened. But we started about three years ago, about three, four years ago. I've been, been in incubation for about the past six, seven years. And uh, really just trying to chip away at mitigating startup failure. Um, oftentimes people focus on the last two Ps of people, process, and product. And we focus on the first one. And that's how do you bring together the right skill sets in order to really begin to transform and accelerate rapid prototype development to get people to, you know, really engage with the customer a little bit faster. Uh, so, yeah, man, we really focus on transforming the next generation of talent, uh, focus on raising the equity of black and brown founders, connecting and being a bridge between community culture and commerce, uh, which is great. And so it's cool. It's cool. It's cool. We got a, a pretty diverse team, an Israeli co-founder, um, a lady from the Philippines who runs our, our kind of e-learning and social right now uh jordan who's from tallahassee uh african-american guy from right here right here from tallahassee runs videography for us which is cool uh nick who's from poland like our our team's everywhere man it's it's real cool uh but it's 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 real sweet to do the work that we do
1: that's awesome so walk me through it a little bit yeah um how d- how do you select who's going to be in the house? <laughs> yeah. Are they all on the same project? How how does it work?
0: Yeah, man. So, I mean, depending on the scale and the size, you know, in our our smaller model, which we've really been testing for the past two and a half years, um, it was all about how do you get an architect, a creative, and a techie together, right? And that architect is that business, UX mind, visionary. The creative is more the brand or marketer, designer. The techie is more the programmer, maker, and the doer. And so you know, we just thought about how can we bring these skill sets together and make it happen. Uh, so people just apply just as if they were applying for, you know, student housing, right? Mm-hmm. The beautiful thing about the Act House is that you actually have shared space, which enables you to actually reduce your overall cost of living throughout those 9 to 12 months that you'll be in school, like for at least one of the, one of the years. Uh-huh. Um, and so what's so interesting about it is that people actually apply, and then we take them through a one-day hackathon whether you pretty much audition, it's like, hey, you can talk good game about your entrepreneurial skills, you can talk good game about what you can do, put it to test, right? So for one day, for about 8 a.m. to 10, to about 10, really runs into 12, let's be honest. Um, we just dive into it. We start people off with yoga, stretching, kind of like getting grounded in innovation. That's what we like to call it. Kay. And then we lead people into really like core concepts on innovation, design, thinking, providing them tools around ideation, which is great. And then we get into breakout groups, right? Um, And actually, no, before breakout groups, we actually have people pitch their ideas, and then they recruit other people. And if they're architect or creative or techie, they'll say, hey, I'm a creative, and I need an architect who can do X, Y, and Z, and a techie that can do X, Y, and Z. And the beautiful thing about that is what we get to see is how they begin to, one, pitch an idea, to how to begin to network and engage with people that um, that don't necessarily look like them, smell like them, or feel like them, right, mm-hmm. that they never met. Additionally, the other cool thing is that you get a chance to see and almost kind of predict a little bit how are they going to impact the, the hurdles and the twists and turns of the entrepreneurial landscape. Like, everything is not going to be straight out the gate. I mean, you know this, Mark. Like, everything is not, like, cookie-cutter day one, right? Right. Like, when you think about building Red Eye, there were so many things I'm pretty sure you saw the vision to be. And it's like, okay, hey, maybe that's like four or five years from now, but what does day one look like? And so there's twists and turns that you have to make. And so they go through that, we'll hit breakout sessions, uh, really dive into some skill trainings, like, which is cool. So techies will be in one space learning programming. creators be in another space learning design and prototyping. And architects will be in another space learning business, model and sales. And then they come together as a team, and then they just build. They crank it out. And then they pitch. They pitch at the end, and there's winning teams, of course. But really, for us, it's not about like who took first place. It's really for us looking at all the talent, and then from there, within about a forty-eight hour time span, you get your offer letter from the act house, and you have roughly about seven days to make that decision. Okay. And, and how and
1: many how many people get an offer letter?
0: So this past in 2019, uh, we had six, and 2020 will shape it up to be 54. We had 16 offer letters go out. 16 accept uh, in February, and then I think the rest of the world knows what happened in March. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, we had to kind of pump the brakes there. But what it allowed us to do was really begin to focus on what's core for us, which is the act model. It's what we live and die by. And in my years of incubating companies, helping early stage companies grow, uh, raising excess of about 550,000 collectively of about five to six companies, um, the ones that made it and the ones that didn't, it all boils down to team. It really does. It just boils down to the people aspect. And so for us, it's how do we take our internal assessment and make that more external? Uh, one, to help people understand uh, their dynamics from a team cohesion component. Um, another perspective of skill development, see where people latent talents are to see if they're architect, creative, or techie. But then lastly, to understand kind of their innovator mindset, their entrepreneur mindset. Are they more of an entrepreneur or are they more of an intrapreneur? And so we're working on those things, which are real cool. Uh, what we did quickly is that build day, we actually took that one build day and created a three, five-day virtual hackathon. Okay. And it's, f- it's jam-packed, man. So like,
1: Do you give them a problem to solve, or how does it work?
0: So interestingly enough, a lot of people come with their own ideas. Okay. Um, there are problems that we'll engage with corporates to actually bring in. Uh, but a lot of people come up with their own ideas. Some people actually want to engage with different corporate problems, right? And so it's a great landscape and a great tool for uh, corporates to really begin to solve innovation problems that they have, while also, too, dejecting some of their biases in their own hiring processes, right? Everybody's really used to just looking at the sheet of paper from a resume perspective, and it's like, okay, well, how can I take a different approach? How can I act different and really begin to evaluate talent based on what they can do, mm-hmm. right? Not what, not what somebody says, but what can you do? And I think that's, like, the best thing that you can really provide somebody, especially if you're talking about hiring people, right? Sometimes you don't, you don't have that predictive analysis. I mean, you can in a relationship, you can go on a couple of dates, get a little feel for how somebody feels and stuff like that. In the employment world, it's, you can do a couple of interviews, but you're still not getting to the core. And even when you're dating, you're still not getting to the core of who somebody sure. is until like three, four months, maybe six months afterwards. Uh, you're still dating, uh, they're presenting personality. And so, you know, it's, it takes some time, but I think the way that we've designed everything really begins to get people comfortable and and really just experience innovation in a very unique way so it's real cool
1: so you have your team yep. the ones who take up on the offer letter yep. and day one what happens
0: man day one is it starts in july so generally it depends some people are remote some people are like on internships and stuff and so really moving day is like august right just like mm-hmm. typical moving time frame um, but Day one is really all about getting connected, orientation process, of course. We have a huge like team dinner when everybody comes in town. Um, and it's really kind of like this family dinner situation, which is real cool. And then we take people through like a legit design course that they just don't know about, which okay. is which is real cool. Like design thinking or No, or like, like as in <laughs> as in you're almost in you're almost in a game itself, but you don't know the game is actually being played, okay. right? Because what we're we're doing is we're we're trying to really begin to shape the mind of the founder, right? Mm -hmm. And if you can begin to, like, build in and design elements of an experience that really begin to help, you know, young innovators become entrepreneurs or develop an entrepreneurial mindset, then you can really, 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 really begin to help them grow. So that's psychologically. How do they deal with social skills? How do they handle their networking? How do they handle the communication? How do they handle conflict resolution, right? And really diving into those pieces. So the first three months, we're really focused on, like, the leadership and team cohesion components. And that's also, too, looking at ideation and design, thinking on the back end of those first three months. Then we get into product development, man, which is real cool. And let me me
1: pause. Yeah, yeah, yeah. uh, Because I know you know it in your head, but our audience don't. Yeah. Uh, so is it the expectation that everyone who is accepted the six are a team and they're going to work together? No, not necessarily, not necessarily, okay. not
0: necessarily. Yeah. So for us, it's all about like, is it divisible by three? Right. Architect, creative, techie. All right. That's the key thing. Okay. And so when we c- when we actually recruit, we make sure there's an equal number of architects, creatives, and techie's. Okay. Um. If the it depends on the innovation, right? So, if the idea is that big or the problem is that big and you need a team of six, mm-hmm. like most complex mechanical engineering problems, mm-hmm. then okay, right? But if it's not, then work with a team of three. Also too, when you're talking about a team of six and you're talking about dividing up equity and all these other things, it's a different, 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 different landscape. But what's, what's so interesting, I think you'll like this, is that even during this time of COVID, what's kind of shifted and changed for us is having that act assessment be the front lead and then thinking about how can we actually start to ask ourselves these questions, how can we create those connections in that community within a digital context? And so right now you see a lot of like games out there like Hinge, not games, but dating apps like Hinge, Bumble, Tinder, like eHarmony, all that stuff. And so for us right now, we're really working on our algorithm. How can we actually facilitate founder matching at a higher level and also e-learning within that context, which is real cool? Nice. Um, we, we don't know when a lot of these limitations and restrictions are going to um, loosen up. I think for us, we just don't want to be a super spreader because people are having shared space. And also, too, consumer behavior is changing in that regard. But to be in a digital context, to be able to swipe left, swipe right, uh, find an architect, creative, or a techie, and then hop into the virtual hackathon experience, I think is something that is going to really begin to um, Allow us to broaden our impact and accelerate it in a lot faster way.
1: That's a really cool idea. Thanks, I man. I really like that. Yeah. So, um, and I'm sorry, I don't want to hijack you're good, your, your, your it, narrative. you good. Go for it, man. Go for it. just I, as you're talking, I'm just trying to envision how all of this works. So, yeah. it is the team formation and the ultimate problem that they try to find a market solution for, yeah. is that an organic Uh, process or are you guys bringing in something
0: yeah think think about an incubator in a house okay legit right like literally if you go through any type of like six week or like 12 week incubation program Mm -hmm. think about that in a house but extended right so for us each year every company has has ended the program And and abso- absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And so for us, the biggest thing is like, oh, not that you raised 50000 or $100,000, $150,000 in seed capital, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, or if however you want to define it. But it's more so, hey, did you prove the market, right? Did the market inform you? Did the customers inform you that, hey, what our solution, what we've concocted in our solution, it works for the market. And that's the key thing. Because... Once people can see that level of validation, then they can begin to make certain critical decisions about what direction they want to head to. We've had some people that say, hey, this has been great, but I want to go more the entrepreneurial route. And that's great. Like Sydney Holmes, who, Honus, who's actually, um, she connected with one of our partners, VFA. We connected with them, created a pipeline. But, and she went there and it, and she smoked the program. Like, a lot of the executives were like, hey, Grief, who is this girl? And, and granted, Sydney's awesome. Mm-hmm. But, uh, but the level of context building that she went through in Act House was just, like, an accelerant. And additionally, like, now she's working at Ed Farm, which is a kind of Ed Tech company, I think, out of Alabama or Mississippi or something. But, you know, of, and then you have Maurice, who's like, okay, hey, I have Gourmet Pub Club. I want to run on that and, like, push that forward. Um, let me c- I, now I need to rebuild my team a little bit. But now he knows what types of archetypes to actually build and what to actually create and go with. So for us, it's the focus is on learning, testing, and proving. How can you connect micro-learning to action so therefore you can create that feedback loop and get people to the space of, okay, hey, I've learned things in the classroom. Now I need to take things to the market. Here's the process of how I begin to actualize information, like my experiences, and a lot of the knowledge in order to actually take an idea to an MVP, MVP to a product, product to the customer. So yeah. So, the people in the program, are they all FSU FAMU students? Yeah, so this year, so we've had, we've had, first year was FAMU students, second year was, second year was FAMU students, and I think we had one hybrid. And then this year, we, like, we just did the open up, which was cool. And I think in that 16 that we, like, secured in February, I want to say it was about a, Sixty forty split, okay. sixty percent FSU, forty percent fam, okay. uh, which is real cool. And so to see that, I was you know, I was really excited to see what that fifty four was going to look like because at scale, like seeing how people maneuver and move around, we had about four locations that we were kind of operating out from, uh, from a residential standpoint. I, d- I just thought that was going to be jam packed. I thought it was going to be cool. Alright. Yeah, yeah, right on. Is that a
1: requirement that they're a college student or is I, that kind of how it works? We'll
0: see We'll see how it shapes up in the future, yeah, to be honest with you. We just, right now, I mean, in the past, that was kind of the main aim and main angle. I think college age is what we wanted to focus on, right? Okay. Like we had one student who applied that was about, I think, like 55 one time. <laughs> I was just like, yeah, this is not going to work <laughs> at all. Like a 55-year-old was like. You know, students that are like 18 to 22 or 18 to 24, right. that just was not going to work. Like, that, that, that dynamic, the team part. We had one student who wanted to be in the program, couldn't live in the house. It's like, ah, nah. But I think, you know, one thing that we realized and one thing the market has taught us is that, hey, what matters to us is the ACT model. What matters to us is the incubation programming. So if we can even take that out the house, okay, right? Like, our main focus is to be and grow to be that global platform for team formation and startup creation. So whatever model, whatever medium we need to utilize in order to actually make that happen is what we we'll have to go for. And that, that'll change over time. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Th-
1: this is such a cool model. Thanks, and man. And so a few years ago when I talked to you about this, one of the ideas was to, it was almost a real estate play, right? That you were going to kind of build your yeah. foundation with. Purchasing other homes, yeah, and, and is that is that
0: still the business? Nah, part? man, it's it's really changed. Um, it's really changed, and, and mainly because when you think about like how you grow real estate, mm-hmm. you grow it through institutional like banks. Mm-hmm. Institutional banks do not lend to entrepreneurs. That's not that's not their history, right? <laughs> right. And you know that for yeah, sure. Yeah. And so and so even if even if even if I'm dealing with real estate, mm-hmm. and you're showing the numbers and how it breaks down. They just still don't get it, right? And it's not that, you know, it, it's funny. It's not that the people inside of the institution don't get it. It's like the institution itself, like the actual frameworks of banking, just doesn't support that type of right, effort. Yeah, it's not yeah. set up exactly.
1: to, to take that t- type of risk. Exactly, exactly. So, so
0: we, th- we said, you know what, uh-uh. Like, if, we're ki- if we keep playing that game, we're just going to end up losing, Mm-hmm. And for us, impact is what mattered most. So, the way that we were actually able to co- like really coalesce like fifty four beds was actually through looking at co living, right, master leases, mm-hmm. and took a play took a page from their playbook. And thank God we the way we wrote kind of our agreements enabled us to kind of get out of those properties um, in March, which was great because that could have been a huge liability each month for us. And that would have been horrible, man. But no, it's, it's, it's definitely, it's definitely not the real estate. Like, will we own it in the future? Maybe. Right. But nothing I'm really stressed about.
1: So tell me about the business model as it sits now. Yeah. How do you guys make money?
0: Yeah, man. Yeah. yeah. So a lot of the work that we do uh, right now in our virtual hackathon space, that's really kind of making things work for us. We had to shift and pivot, like, drastically. We had our co-living business actually was going to bring in about a drip of about 30000 each month, MR, and and that's not happening. So we had to move and leverage our Build AX experience in order to actually begin to push that out because that was a need. Um, It was a need for universities. It's a need for corporations. It's a need for the talent itself. And so that's actually been doing well with us. Those are, like, partnerships with corporates. Uh, I'm headed down to talk to a university president tomorrow um, and in Daytona. And so that's going to be like interesting. So we have most of those university kind of partnerships. That's a, that's a huge focus. Um, and then additionally, what's happening is that on our acceleration side, we've taken the incubation outside of the house. And so right now we're looking at standing up another accelerator, uh, probably in the Midwest. Uh, so we'll see what that looks like. And in, in actually this, this is December. We'll see how the eat dries. Okay. <laughs> yeah, we'll see how the ink dries with that one, which is going to be good. And as we now look at shifting, if you think about kind of like our model now, that assessment, I think what we're shaping up is like seeing what are the touch points for that value creation and exchange? Do you open up the assessment and allow everybody to take it? Or do you focus on a back-end play just on data and analytics, right? Um, the more insights that you gather and that you capture... Is it better to just kind of share that information with the user and help them, you know, watch their growth over time, right? And so I think that's gonna be interesting, uh, which then also creates other unique partnerships that we can really begin to uh, focus on, whether it's really helping that founder or it's helping venture capitalists understand uh, another element of due diligence that's focused on team, right, Um, helping ecosystem players really understand who's in their community by identifying folks as architects, creators, and techies to be able to facilitate more connections uh, so right now, those are kind of some of the angles that we're seeing, especially like in the new model shaping up. But man, I tell you, BDX is paying the bills right now. I'm real. I'm really proud of the team that we pivoted on that um, and made that happen, which is real good. Nice. Yeah.
1: So, uh, do you guys take uh, equity position in these companies? We
0: used to like when we did our when we did our like original actas model, but mm-hmm. it was like three five percent, mm-hmm. like real small, nothing major. Yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah. Uh, yeah.
1: Seems like you're bringing a lot of value, especially putting them in front of uh, investors and things yeah. like that is yeah. huge. And then yeah. the education. So if you think about, you know, what you are, yeah, okay, uh, like, so what is your value proposition? What? It yeah, what I think I think
0: genuinely, I think a platform for startup startup. Well, t- a platform a platform for team formation and startup creation. I think that that broadly describes what we do. And and now, as we kind of look at ourselves as a platform, we're looking at the products up under it, right? Build AX, uh, Act Assessment, right? The mobile application. What kind of code name right now is Tribes. Um, and then that fourth wheel, going back to the co-living. I think we may enter that space in a completely different manner. Um, and I'm really excited about what that's shaping up to be. But that's how we're more so looking at the products that we're interacting with. Yeah. Okay.
1: Yeah. Do, y- do you... Is the idea to franchise this out Hell
0: eventually? no, no, uh-uh, no, no, not at all. So it wouldn't make sense.
1: What's the scale look like then?
0: Uh, scale I I think it depends, right? So if you're ta- if you're talking about the units of business, I think Build Day X has the potential to um, scale in a myriad of ways, and I think there's a there's two sides of that of that coin. There's the corporate side of scale of how to begin to tackle Fortune 500s, help them in innovation, but also help them in kind of talent recruitment and also development, right? So I think that part, that unit itself can kind of scale and do its thing. The the assessment itself, um, I'm hoping is a global play. You know, the types of insights that we're going to be gathering when it comes to helping people make better decisions about who to partner with from a business standpoint, mm-hmm. and even just internally as teams within corporations, man, I think it's just gonna be huge from a value standpoint. And, you know, I speak another language, my business partner does, I love learning languages, and so my mind is already thinking about how can this be replicated in multiple languages, but contextualize as well to actually make sure that the meaning really fits the culture, right? Um, words that are used in like Hebrew are completely different in English. Same thing in Spanish. Like these things are they ha- they require a high degree of like cultural like contextualization. And so I think there's a, a greater opportunity there. Um I want to say on the on the and that that global pl- like opportunity there impacts the more like connections of the app as well. But I think the co-living side we'll see. I think the Americas is what I can see right now. Mm-hmm. Um, could it get to that place where we are in Europe, in the Middle East? Sure. But I think how we begin to shape that value proposition will be completely different from how we shape it now. You know? Um, one day, who knows? Okay. Um, but to be able to kind of have these elements that really begin to support the ecosystem itself, then of the whole innovation or entrepreneurial landscape. I'm not mad about that because it needs connecting and we're here to connect it. All right. Right yeah. on. Yeah. So I have two more questions. Go for it, man.
1: I'm going to give you both questions and, and I'll let you run with it. Okay, cool. All right. First one is uh, I think entrepreneurs do a great job of branding themselves. For sure. and sure. And creating. I think there's always this tension of creating what you want to be. Yeah. But yep. then also there's this kind of like imposter syndrome yeah. or, or it's not, we're not there yet. Yeah. But I think that's very part of entrepreneurship. Yeah. Uh, so I always like to ask because a lot of entrepreneurs listen to this podcast, yeah, 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 for sure. especially new entrepreneurs. And I yeah. think a lot of times they buy into like, man, everything, you know, Dom does turns to gold and Bull he's crap. never, you know, <laughs> it's just so easy for him. So I want to give you the opportunity to, to tell a story yeah, or man. just a time about where you're like what am I doing? Yeah, I it started took-
0: it started right here at Florida state seriously in grad school. I, I mean, my first startup I started in 2011. Mm-hmm. And we failed in 2014. And you know, the 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 name of the, the really the what what really st- stemmed out of it first was my research where I was really working to understand why people were not connected to their cities, why I didn't know what the hell was going on. Mm -hmm. And I felt like municipalities were just real slow when it came to tech. Like, um, civic tech was not really something that a lot of cities captured. Boston did. San Francisco did. But, I mean, think about those ecosystems, right? And so when you think about that, I mean, we were really focused on – Like, really connecting people to their cities, to the nonprofit, like to the business opportunities, to the community, or local businesses, community, I think transportation. I think we had local government in that app, right? And what was so interesting, I'll share two sides of it. One side of it is that, hey, I don't know what I'm doing. But in realizing that I don't know what I'm doing, I asked myself the question, what do I have, right? And I feel like you always need to start with what you have, right? Like take inventory of your skills, take inventory of you know the your resources, like take stock of those things. I think it's very important because what I realized is that, and, and, and really what started to happen was I started to, to build the skills of a user experience architect. I remember grabbing an iPhone 4 and tracing the screen size and making like 85 copies of it after reading Josh Clark's How to Build and Design Beautiful iOS Apps, okay. right? Which <laughs> is just a book on user experience. But then I started to sketch out everything that I wanted to be in an application, taking detailed notes. And I just knew what I, kn- I knew what I knew what to do from my graduate degree programs. I knew how to be detailed. I knew how to research. I knew how to apply that to a space and cast some vision, right? Was it perfect? Hell no, right? But was it worth it? Absolutely. Because I ended up running into my co-founder in Atlanta, who wanted to get into the you know the mobile application game, and I showed him what I had right, and I could then take the words and materialize them right, which was very huge and so you know and in, and in, and in this day and age they will call that you know I don't know they may call it content they may you know we just call it a small prototype for the most part, mm-hmm. but you know I didn't know what I was doing, but I asked myself like, hey, what do I have right?" Um, did a family and friends round and family and friends was not really that strong I mean we I think I captured 5k from my mom's friend who was a pharmacist mm-hmm. and that was it right and so it's like okay well I gotta work with this <laughs> right and so you you, you, you always take what you have to help you get to the next stage it's not gonna be perfect but you keep kicking the can down the road um, and then when it came to like I think we had a contract on a line. Matter of fact, with Florida State, like and um, President Barron was here at the time. Everything was lining up. We get the email. I think that we were at Domi Station before Domi Station was Domi Station. And it's like, hey, TAU is going to be at FSU. And what we ended up doing was we ended up pivoting the town to Townaholic U. And basically in the town, people came Townaholics because you love your city. Mm-hmm. And just like Shopaholics. And, but at Townaholic, students could track their college experience, find great events on campus, but event throwers, people that were using A&S dollars, right, activity and so- event was through our check-in timer. So we wanted to kind of put some authenticity, and integrity around like the four square check-in. And so we put a geofence around the area that people checked in and timed it and gamified it, gamified it. So, and that was huge, but had literally $20,000 on the line somehow President Varian, like leaves FSU in the middle of the night. Like nobody I'm pretty sure you remember that story, but nobody knew that he was gonna leave. Right. And we didn't have no like no clue on anything. The person in contracts left, everybody else left and everything just crumbled, man. It just crumbled. And so it was heartbreaking. It was shattering because, you know, I dotted I's crossed Ts, took what I had and grunted, man, and got after it. And um, the the best thing that I can say that came from that experience was the deep periods of reflection and writing afterwards. Like, what did I learn? Right. Like, really writing down those lessons. Um, because what really emerged from it is that my greatest skill sets are in facilitation, user experience, leadership and business, that's me, right? And what also came from that was the recognition of the ACT model itself. Because my first co-founder was a creative. And, I was trying to find my identity, who just graduated from two master's programs, Urban Planning and International Affairs, the joint program. And, uh, you know, it's like, what the hell am I? Like, I'm not a city planner. I'm in tech. I'm speaking at these conferences at urban plan- I'm speaking at city planning conferences on tech. Um, but, you know, what's really happening? And, and I kind of coalesced around this user experience architect. And then architect stood out to me. But the one thing that Enrique and I were missing uh was just a bona fide techie that, techie that would stay, stay with us, mainly because Google just kept recruiting, like, the best right. engineers from, like, the East Coast all the way to the West Coast. So, yeah, that's one.
1: So before I ask you the final question, yeah. uh, funny thing, this is actually true. Yeah. Uh, so the first time I saw Domi Station, yeah. uh, not the actual station, but the word. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and heard <laughs> what it was. You've probably heard this. I yeah, thought it yeah. was – Domi, yeah, yeah, I thought it was your baby. Yeah, exactly. And yeah, you named it after. Yourself. Yeah, every
0: everybody and their mother does. Yeah, I, I'm not. I'm not that gregarious or that <laughs> arrogant to like name name a place called Domi Station. No, no, no. Yeah, I just yeah. it was so funny because, you know, even when I started, I was one of the first residents there, and then I ran incubation programs there uh, when Lucas Lindsay was the uh, executive director, and you know it. I can never get away from it. The the, the, uh, the most awkward conversations would come up um, when, like, the founders would be there. Right. And then, you know, people would ask, oh, this is your, oh, wow, this is this is amazing. <laughs> and, matter of fact, Senator Tim Kaine, when he came in town, yeah, um, he thought the place was named after me. And I was just like, dude. Yeah, I totally thought like, that. You guys are messing up all types of, like. Upper mobility <laughs> this <laughs> and the other. But no, I mean, you know, it was a, I had a good stint there. And, um, you know, they're definitely like an extended family in a lot of ways in the ecosystem. But uh, but yeah, everybody thinks that it's named after me. Yeah. Yeah. I might, I might, I don't know. We'll see what happens in the future. One well,
1: day. I feel good that I wasn't the only one. No, yeah, no, no, you, no yeah. Right, one, right. one of a hundred. One I, of a hundred. All right. Yeah. Great. Uh, so, final question is just, in, you've touched upon it a bit. Yeah. But, but just what, What's the b-hag? What's the big, hairy, audacious goal? And you know where, where do you see this going? Yeah. Uh, are you looking to, you know, exit? Are you looking to scale it? Yeah. Uh, yeah. You don't have to like. No, you're good, man. You're good, secrets, you're good. You're good. You're good. You know what? What is it? What? What you know gets your heart racing a little? Yeah. bit When you think about it.
0: I think you know, man. For us, like, my, my passion interests mm-hmm. are always like urban planning, entrepreneurship, leadership. For the life of me, I, I don't understand.